The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. It is time for Heart Health Radio once again on the Heart Health Radio Network. How you doing, doctor? Yeah, all over Raleigh. You can hear people switching on their radios to hear us. And in some cases, off. Yeah, no. No, 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 they're not? Never. Oh, okay, all right. Never. Reaching over to the radio saying, Shame on you. Dave and Frank are on the radio. They're going to talk about health and stuff. Yeah. Got lots of stories, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Dr. Weefald was just saying that yeah, it would be nice if we didn't have to wait to hour two to hear people on the show because people will call up in the second hour. Yeah, you thinking, can call anytime. I think one of the great things uh, that I enjoy about this show yeah. is that so much of the information and education and even entertainment that we provide yeah. comes from the listeners. Right. Because the questions are so great and so appropriate. And um, the the long term gains that I think our listeners can get are from hearing from other patients who may have similar questions, similar concerns, um, misconceptions, and also you know one of the things I think that the patients get is that you know listen your doctor should be giving you this information. Yeah. It's a shame now that we have so much documentation requirements by physicians that they just sit there, type into the computer, don't even look at the patients, right. mumble a little bit, hand them a prescription, and, and walk out the door. I saw three people this week who switched to our practice because of that very reason. Really? Word of mouth was, yeah, he actually looks at you, uh, doesn't stare at the computer, um, and has. I have this board that um, I have that has great illustrations. I can just tap. Yeah. There's heart failure. Yeah. Explaining how it is. There's AFib, and it's in really good graphics. And you want to know something? It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the American Medical Association doesn't approve of it because what it is is a large board, and in between my using the board for education or commercials, you know. oh, oh, I see. Yeah, sure. so it's one of those, you know, um, free service to physicians as long as you uh, have your patients look at the commercials. Now, I have looked at the commercials, and I don't see anything uh, wrong with it. They're all good medicines that they advertise. Right, right. And uh, they all have appropriate warnings, you know. And a lot of times, <laughs> patients, I'll walk in and they say, I just saw a commercial for Medicine X. Yeah. yeah. It's going to kill me, Dr. Weefald. Yeah. They said it would cause blah, 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 blah. And yeah. so then I have to explain that, you know, the FDA requires them to say this, but they don't tell you how rare these complications are. So, yeah. but yeah. I do that. Well, I know? can't, I, I don't think that I've ever seen a visual in a doctor's office that doesn't have a little ad in the corner. 
Really? You know, there's a big poster. Your your doctors have this? This is what you're... Well, it's It's, it's posters poster. or it's... See, it's mine are videos. Yeah. And so a new one comes on every few minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, but it's about the drugs that I use. And Tresto, um, you know, statins, uh, it, uh, you know, the new medications that can really make a big difference. The new diabetic medication. And I want people to be educated about that, right. you know? Um, even though... Uh, you know, the American Medical Association and the medical board would say that it's um, unethical because you're, you know, trying to get patients to use medicines that may not be appropriate for them and are high dollar. Well, I mean, do you think that I'm going to walk in to a room and the patient say, I want, you know, uh, blovidity? And I'll say, why? Because it was just shown to me. Never take you know? something called blovidity, You don't by the want way. blovidity. No. No. I don't know where I came up with that. <laughs> That's a pretty good it's one. It's just sort of spontaneously erupted, yes, like, yes. like many things. Do. I know what blovidity, you take blovidity, and then for the next half hour, nobody can get a word in edgewise. Right. Absolutely. It's, you've taken blovidity. Absolutely. All right. Let me just talk about the things that we have prepared to, to talk about. Sure enough. There is a lawsuit about CPAP. Machines. That's a very important lawsuit, I think, because I actually believe that it has merit. I checked mine. It's not one of their companies. Do you remember the name? Yeah. Philips uh, is the company that. Yeah. It's a uh, Scandinavian company. No, 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 no. No. From the Netherlands. Netherlands, Dutch. And the interesting thing is that my uh, stepson. No, son-in-law. Why do yeah. I always get that confused? Oh, yeah. Married. His name is Neil, and he's married to Peggy. He's from the Netherlands, and so okay. you don't pronounce it Phillips, okay? If you really want to be right, it's Phillips. Okay. Phillips the cat. Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, and, and so what's going on is they have all this foam in there to make it comfy, but it's yes. breaking down, and the foam has got carcinogens in it. Yes. So if you had, is it a respimat? You have it up there. I don't have it up uh, there. I just, um, uh, let's tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you the exact name yeah. of this particular CPAP mask system, and you need to uh, turn it in and get a new one. Uh, I really actually well, believe you, with the with the type of chemicals that are coming out of there. They're you know related to uh, the petroleum industry. You know they're made out of oil, and when they break down, you're inhaling all night, right? Exactly. Yeah, from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. I was very You're inhaling this that. stuff, and I think that since there are other um, brands and manufacturers, uh, you got to switch. Call your your uh, um, company. Now, I, w- I was looking. They're supposed to be making uh, reimbursements. Um, I don't know enough about it. Right. But yeah, I was looking up Scandinavia. No, to make it's sure not Scandinavia. Listen. The the Dutch people are very proudly Dutch, and they're you not know. Scandinavian. They're not Scandinavian. Okay. No, they don't go to Norway or Sweden or Finland. Phillips. And then the last the, the four countries of yeah. Scandinavia are Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I, I I I take it all take it all back. Mine's a ResMed. It's not included in the the recall. This is Phillips, and I, I, I'm having our Yeah, there's actually a big time. lawsuit now. Yeah. Let's see which one it is. Phillips Cancer Risk. Anyway, we'll move on and give you the yeah. Um, yeah. The, the ones that you need to take and turn back. I apologize that we didn't have it uh, already. All right, how about the Zantac lawsuit? Because I'm hearing that. 
Well, you know, lot. I don't believe in that lawsuit. Okay. Um, let me tell you why. It wasn't Zantac itself, and it wasn't all Zantacs. Okay, okay. So you have, I don't know, dozens of manufacturers of Zantac. Um, Renitidine, it's called. Right. And the way you manufacture it, you have to use some, you know, chemicals that aren't so nice. Sure. But then in the, you know, final few steps of the manufacturing process, they remove these chemicals. Right. And the problem is that certain manufacturers didn't quite remove them all. Okay? So now the lawyers are saying, if you took Zantac, let's sue. Because you might get cancer 20 years from now. Okay. And I don't know how anyone can prove that taking Zantac caused their cancer. Because there's no studies, there's no accumulated data that identifies Zantac users with any kind of cancer. Okay. But I really do believe that uh, the Phillips thing is a potential disaster because of the type of chemicals and the amount that were leaking out of the mask into people's lungs all night. I got a list of it. Yeah. E30, Dream Station, Dream uh, System 1, C-Series... ASV, Dream Station, System 1, let's see, Dorma 400, Dorma 500, and Remstar. All right, That's so what we're going to do, version. Uh, we'll post this on our website, hearthealthradio.com. Uh, it'll be posted sometime this week so you can see and compare if your uh, Philips uh, CPAP is one of the ones that you need to get rid of and get a new one. Right, Okay. We're going to also talk about statins and depression and an amazing story. A cancer drug trial ended with 18 people getting better. Yeah, and I think this is the future of medicine. What is this? What happened? Well, um, so they had uh, colorectal cancer. Right. And they developed a new drug targeted uh, specifically for how the genetics of colorectal cancer were uh altered. And so they had this really, really uh, good set of biochemists, right? and they created this medicine. And so what they did, this was an initial trial. And, and I think that the, the results demonstrate, I think, the future of how we're going to be doing trials. So what they used to do was take, you know, thousands of patients. Yeah. And randomize them to get a placebo or right. sugar pill. Right. And then uh, they'd give randomly the other set of patients and give them the drug. Okay. So in the initial stages, they um, gave everybody the drug. Okay? okay. And they wanted to see if it was safe. Oh, okay. See, it was effective. And then lo and behold... Boing, 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 everybody got cured. Now, I think that at this stage, I'm going to tell you this right now, if anybody's planning on doing a double-blind randomized trial of this drug, they should be put in jail. Now, I'm being exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But it's unethical because, I mean, how could any statistician, you know, these are guys who sit up in their ivory towers with the thick glasses and the um, pocket protectors and crunch numbers and say, wow, that could be random. We've got to do a randomized (laughs) double-blind trial okay, and with a p-value of less than 0.05. And you know those p-values are such that, that, okay, (laughs) p-value is a statistical term. Okay, If you analyze the data, there was only a 1 in 20 chance that the data came out 
uh, positively, but really weren't true. Okay, oh, so okay. one in twenty. So you, let's say you have medicine uh, bloviate. Okay, yeah. And whether it stopped yeah, people yeah. from bloviating, okay? yeah. yeah, we'll yeah, call yeah. it anti-bloviate. But the p-value was zero point zero six. Yeah. Okay. So therefore, according to the statisticians, it didn't work. But zero point zero five would have worked. Okay. That means one in twenty chance versus one in nineteen chance. Okay. So if you have one in 19 chance the data is not right, statistically, we're going to get rid of the medicine. Quite frankly, if I had a fatal illness right, and my p-value was 0.10, yeah. that's one in 10. Yeah, that's not good. I would, no, I would take the dang You'd drug. The, yeah, it would. Okay. One in 10 chance that it was not effective versus nine in 10 chance. Oh, I see. Yeah, so if you have a p-value of 0.1 on a positive trial, right. uh, statistically that means there's only a 1 in 10 chance that that trial was you know, randomly positive. Well, well put another way. Yeah, 1 in 10 chance you, that the you, drug worked. No, it didn't work. 9 in 10 chance that it does. Now that we know that 18 people were cured, right? they all went into remission. All of them. On this medicine. All of them. Is it ethical to give anybody the placebo? I, I say no. But the statisticians would say, well, we haven't proven it yet. And the point I'm trying to make is they need some statistical analysis on 18 out of 18 cured. What's the chance yeah. that that's random? Right. And right. I don't know how to do that, but certainly they should. Let me tell you, I did a study when I was uh, in the hospital, in the emergency room. Before they did stenting for every um, heart attack victim. Yeah. Um, we used to have this thing out in the wilderness, you know, when it would take two hours to get to a stent place. Yeah. We would give what's called a clot buster. And okay. we did something unique. We gave half dose of a clot buster with a full dose of an intravenous antiplatelet clotting, anti-clotting intravenous medication. And we had 200 out of 210. We just gave it to everybody. Yeah. 200 out of 210 opened up their artery, and did well. Okay. So we tried to present this data, and we were rejected. Rejected. Yeah, they wanted a placebo. They wanted a random. Where's the placebo yeah. patients? I said, can you really believe that 200 out of 210 being helped was random? Right. Was, you know, by chance? And they said yes. So here's the study. I hope it changes. What I would do, and if I had a drug, is I give it to these people, yeah. And the people who were cured, I would say, there's some, maybe there maybe only four out of ten were cured, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, what's good about these four out of ten that they reacted to the drug? Right. And then find out, well, they have this particular characteristic. Therefore, everyone who colon cancer with this particular gene defect should get this drug. Now, guess what? They're already doing it for breast cancer. Sure. They did all these breast cancer trials, and they were marginally positive. Well, some smart guy decided to find out why the ones who took the drug got cured, and they found out it was the HER Herceptin thing, and that's a specific genetic marker. And guess what? That's the drug. They, those are the people they use it on. Right. So we got to get away um, from creating this concept that everybody's equal. Okay. If you have breast cancer... You know, you're just like the other person with breast cancer. Right. And right. therefore, if you don't respond to the drug or if she responds to the drug, it's by chance. Okay. And that's just not true. All right. We're going to talk about something called Powassan virus, which is a tick-borne virus. Statins Yuck. and depression. Yeah. Well, there's one more thing we're going to worry about. 
and the Israelis think they have unlocked ADHD. They figured it out. Good for them. That's I all hope coming that's up. That's what it is. Yeah. That's all coming up on Heart Health Radio, the Heart Health Radio Network. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at hearthealthradio.com. There is a new specialty in cardiology. Yeah, right. What's it called? It, it, let me tell you something. If I ever interview a cardiologist yeah. and they say they're of this subspecialty, I will run as fast <laughs> as I can away from this person. Okay. Okay, cardiologists need to put stents in. They need to treat heart failure. Yeah. They yeah. need to uh, put defibrillators and pacemakers in. Sure. Well, now, and if you're a radical left-winger out there, I love you. I mean, my sisters are radical left-wingers. Yeah, yeah. But they want, I mean, this is the article by Sarah DeWeert, a new field of medicine dubbed climate cardiology is necessary to protect patients and the planet. And this was in a really uh, respectable journal, the British Medical Journal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let other people be climatologists. I mean, if you, you know, I'm a climate skeptic. I'm not a climate denier. Okay. okay. And the one question I have for climatologists is why are there ice ages and when is it coming again? Okay. And why is what we're called in now the interglacial warming period? Okay. That's my question. They yeah. can't answer it. Well, okay. But the point I'm trying to make is they want to have a specialty. Now, what are they going to do? I mean, what's a climate cardiologist going to do is he going to have a climate thing set up outside his office and then maybe plug in something to a patient and say up oh, it's 98 degrees uh it's caused by uh the smoke uh well, you're driving now here we go you're driving a chevy uh-uh uh-uh here's a, my prescription get a tesla i mean it's just ridiculous as a cardiac patient i will tell you that even just a little bit of global warming will bother me yeah in fact this morning was warmer it's cooler than it ordinarily would be. Yeah. So here's what the but it was do. warmer than it should be. Yeah. Here's what a climate cardiologist is going to do. Number what are they going to do? Convince people to stop eating meat. Okay. Because cows are bloviators. You know they. I know. They chew yeah. and let get rid of methane. Second thing they're going to do is uh, call their um, uh, congressman and get renewable power. The third thing they're going to do. Wait a minute, that's the is, doctor? The doctor's uh, going to do gonna that? convince the health system to reduce the carbon footprint of healthcare. Now, could you imagine? You come in and see a patient, and they're in heart failure, right. and they can't breathe, and they're going to say, Well, that's your fault. Why? Because you didn't convince your healthcare providers and hospitals to uh, lower their carbon footprint. Right. And pollution killed your heart. I mean, come on. You hey, had this an article. Is ridiculous. You everybody's had an article gotta, last Everybody's got to be woke. Everybody, including now cardiologists. You woke. had an article last week about a British surgeon who did a surgery that was carbon neutral. We didn't oh talk about God. it on the radio, but it was it was an actual. And you know what happened? Why what? it was the surgery became non-carbon neutral? Why? Because the assistant had beans for uh, lunch. <laughs> And right then and there, in the middle of the operation, no. the gas was released. That's methane. Yes, okay? methane. Yeah. And methane kills the environment, just like the cows. What? So I'm going to tell you, unless you ban beans before your surgery, yeah. you are okay. not going to be carbon neutral. Okay? I can tell you that right now. I want you, honestly, if I have a heart attack right now, 
and you have to use one of those portable defibrillators on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Make sure it's I carbon want neutral. You, I want you to burn as many carbon things, atoms, yeah. atoms as Release possible. Release them into the atmosphere. I want you to be so environmentally unfriendly. Could you imagine unfriendly. If, yeah, if they required all defibrillators in offices and hospitals yes. to be certified carbon neutral? Solar. Yeah. They got to be solar, and if you get a heart attack on a cloudy day, You're, heaven help forget you. Forget about it. That's <laughs> your fault. All right. So statins and depression. Yeah, it's another thing that statins are yeah. good at. Yeah, I think it 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 it's a very good thought. Um, they really need to study it a little more. But it seems as though um, people who take statins over a long period of time, yeah, score less on the depression index. Now, why might that be? Mm. Chronic inflammation, remember? That's the bugaboo we talk about all the time. Yes. And if your brain is inflamed, you can imagine that some of these uh, dopamine receptors might get burned out. And dopamine is the happy thing. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a neurotransmitter in the brain, oxytocin. Uh, the response to oxytocin, seem, that's the, you know, the happy one. Uh, makes you love somebody. Did you know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, they have a spray now called Oxy5. And you spray it on yourself, and the girls fall in love with you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I tried Is it. Is it like Axe, where the more you use, the less it works? <laughs> anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so statins <laughs> reduce inflammation. In fact, you know, if, if you look at a statin, the effect in reducing heart attacks is almost immediate. Uh-huh. And you don't really start lowering the cholesterol a lot for six weeks. And so, you know, I think that the anti-inflammatory effect of a statin uh, is not only well known, but I think it may be maybe more important than cholesterol lowering. If you look at the people who got COVID, right. those who were on statins had a less chance of death. It's mm-hmm. true. Hmm. People who have uh, Crohn's disease who are on statins seem to have fewer relapses due to, you know, anti-inflammatory effects. Right. So... All you statin haters out there, and I'm t- every time I peruse, you know, um, uh, journals or websites for patient information, is yeah. an anti-statin article. Really? Every one, you know, statins will do this, statins will do that, and I don't know why. Um, and, you know, I'm going to tell you all again about, I think, the statin side effect study that matters the most, and that is they gave a placebo to a thousand people and told them it was a statin. And they gave a statin to a thousand people and told it was a placebo. And the ones who got side effects were the ones who got a placebo and were told it was a statin. They're great drugs. Right. There are side effects, but they're rare. And we monitor them and we take care of them. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. One more thing I've got to worry about, Powassan virus. Yeah, I don't know if it's Powassan or Powassan. It's like where uh, I live, used to live in Clayton. They have Powhatan Road, but I always pronounced it Powhatan. No, no, the way around. It's Powhatan. Okay. And I used to, you know, Powhatan. And that, you know, was from the Native Americans in Jamestown. But right. anyway, right. this virus is looking uh, possibly dangerous. Um, it's tick-borne. And, you know, Connecticut was the area that they got Lyme disease from. Do you know why it's called Lyme disease? Because of Lyme, Connecticut. That's the oh, okay. town. 
And so fevers, headache, altered mental status, chills, rigors, chest pain, nausea. And she was bit two weeks before. And uh, They had a fatality. And deer ticks, squirrel ticks, groundhog ticks. Um, Have you ever seen a groundhog? No. A live one? I've only seen one on TV. But anyway, um, there are a couple people. Um, Most people infected don't get sick like this. But it's one of those things that um, we need to start thinking about. And I, I don't want anybody to panic because it's a really rare thing. But I think it's just amazing that it's Connecticut, just like Lyme right. disease. It's coming out of Connecticut. Maybe there's something about Connecticut that we should avoid. <laughs> we gotta we got to watch out for ticks. Yeah. Because there's there are other things that we well, can and get. The, the problem with these ticks, and, yeah. and if you get a tick that's really big, yeah. That's not a Lyme disease tick, okay? No. The Lyme disease ticks are like pinheads. That's how small they are. And that's why people get Lyme. They don't know it. But if the key thing about Lyme, and it doesn't happen to everybody, if you see a ring, it's, it's called erythema marginatum. So in the center of where the tick bite was, there's an expanding red ring. Yeah. And that is the spirochetes of the uh, disease spreading out on the skin, and that's something that needs to be checked. It's called a target lesion. And you probably won't know that you've been bitten. Because bit t- they're so small. They're so small. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing I want to tell you, yeah. if you get a Lyme disease um, test, mm-hmm. it's only 50-50 correct. All these people are coming to me, and they said, I got a Lyme disease thing. Yeah. And this is an antibody test against Lyme, and often they miss the antibodies. And there's a ribo-RNA, right. um, ribonuclease test that's kind of expensive. Yeah. But it tells you whether there's Lyme RNA circulating in your bloodstream, and that is the most accurate test. So <clears throat> if you've had a rash like that, yeah, my ex had a rash mm-hmm. just like Lyme and treated her with the appropriate antibody, went away. Went to her physician and she called me up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were wrong. Yeah. It wasn't Lyme disease because the test was negative. And yet, you know, there's some things we know as physicians. You got erythema marginatum. You had muscle aches, fevers, and joint ache. That's Lyme disease. And right. treat it. Right. And did it do her any harm to be treated for Lyme disease no, when did she didn't good. have it? You know, it did her some good. You know why? Right. <clears throat> Another one of those things she could say I was wrong about. Right. It sure. gave her the well, opportunity <laughs> to call me up again <laughs> okay. and say I was wrong. In a lot of ways, it, it improved her mental status. Right. It did. It made her feel better about, well, less good about you, but there yeah. you go. All right. So the Israelis figured they figured out what ADHD is. Yeah. And I could, I'll tell you what, I'm a special ed teacher during the week and I know what it is. Well, and, and I don't you know, know what causes it, but I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's actually one of the most common uh, illnesses among people, mental illnesses among people. And, yeah. you know, the classic Freudian uh, approach to mental illness from the early 1900s was that, you know, you loved your mother, but she didn't love you. You didn't get breastfed, therefore. <laughs> we know now that so many of these things are genetic. I think that's right. one of the reasons why... The people want to blame vaccines uh, for so many diseases, mm-hmm. like autism, which is not true. Okay, so they did a genetic study, and it's called CDH2. And it's a gene that encodes something called N-cahedron. 
and it helps the uh, synapse activity where the nerves in your brain, the neurons join together. Okay. And if you have a mutation, it alters the way your neurons can talk to each other. And so now the, the brain needs extra stimulus. That's what it is. Right. Okay. So you can't concentrate because you got to do something to keep your brain stimulated. Your brain is asking for stimulation. That's why yes. Yes. meds like Adderall seem to work in, in a lot of people because it's a, what that is, it's, it's a, a stimulant. stimulant. Right. So now maybe they can get better drugs that don't have the side effects that Adderall has, like tachycardia, making your heart beat fast, high blood pressure, and then over. Uh, stimulation for a lot of people. There are other drugs too that are all based on this concept of continuously stimulating your brain right. so it can concentrate on other things instead of auto-stimulation. Is this why a cup of coffee is good for me? Yeah, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Coffee I mean, is so good for so many reasons. Yes. Yes, it know? is. And and I just, uh, it, we, we, I, we haven't had an anti-coffee paper in a long time. We used yep. to have coffee's bad for you, coffee's good for you, right. coffee's bad for you. Now it's almost all coffee's good I, for you. I saw one just the other day. Of course, I you know because I read all the medical literature you send me and then some. Yeah. And there was something about where you know a statistical likelihood that coffee and tea would reduce the amount of you know there was certain type yeah. of cancer, all sorts of things. You know, there's. And I don't think it's proven yet. That coffee mm-hmm. is universally good for you, mm-hmm. but I tell you, the uh, the data is like a tidal wave coming in. You know that coffee is really good for you, okay. but that doesn't mean you should have more than two cups a day, right? And nothing that is good is good yeah. when it's too too many times. I had a I had yeah. a pot. Yeah. I had a pot of coffee. Oh, jeez, you got. I had a pot it. of coffee. What? I woke up at seven in the morning. Between seven and eleven, I had a pot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Here's the telephone number, 919-860-9783. It helps me to energize my brain. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I I have given up on coffee only because it takes a dang long to drink it. And yeah, problem yeah. is, okay, here's the problem with me and coffee. Mm. I get a cup, scalding hot, mm-hmm. and I can't drink it, so I put it down. By the time I get back to it, it's cold. Right. Sure. You know? So I do this five-hour energy thing. Now, I'm not paid by five-hour energy. No, no, no. But I want to tell you, it's safe and it works. It's just one of those things that you read about. 20-year-old man died from five-hour energy. Well, why? He drank 20 of them. Right. Okay? Right. So if you have one five-hour energy, that's the amount of caffeine in one cup of coffee. Right. And I have two a day. And I like the fact that you just get it over with. Right. Yeah. You just chug it and done. Sure. Yeah. What the heck? All right. There was something about falling sperm count. Apparently, this is a Western phenomenon. Yeah, it's bad. That, it's bad. That, I think that many, many infertility problems that we're seeing in our Gen Zs who are now deciding not to have kids until they have, quote unquote, enough money and they wait until they're 35 and 40. Well, sure. And there's a lot of infertility that's not related to women's problems. It's related to low sperm counts. And if you have a low sperm count, you don't have enough swimmers to get to the finish line. Right. right. And why? Wow. You know, I, we talked about, you know, some um, hypotheticals. Uh, is it the hormones in meat? And believe me, your meat is full of hormones. 
It is. And okay. is it toxic chemicals? Well, there was a study that came out just, and we read about it this week, where they think it might be toxic chemicals that are poisoning the uh, spermies. And so that needs to be looked into. Right. And so young men out there avoid toxic chemicals. I well, don't they were know what finding, else to tell you. They were finding it in their urine. Yeah. Which, so they you would know, have that's local. Urine, the urine had some certain toxic chemical. Right. And I can't tell you what they are, um, but, you know, the bottom line is uh, live healthy. And if you're having fertility problems, it's not the woman necessarily. It could be the man. Let's pick up with Herman in Apex. Hi, Herman. Hi, Hello. doctor. Hey, hey what's going on? Um, I'm one of the... Um, what do you call them? Statin haters. Yeah, oh, go yeah. ahead. I understand. I, and listen, I'm not. I'm not against statin haters. I love everyone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Having having said that, I've yeah. been prescribed the statin for over a year now, and I've only missed one day huh. of, of not taking it. <clears throat> only missed taking it one day. Good for you. Um, <clears throat> the um, I I didn't tolerate it very well at first, and then they changed the torvastatin to rose suvastatin. Yeah. And I'll tell you, did it help? Um, yeah, it, it, the side effects are not there anymore. Okay, great. And I can tell you probably why, too. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I was just going to say the doctor's pleased with the way it's lowered my cholesterol. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me. There are two types of statins, or two classes. One is called fat-soluble, okay, and one is called water-soluble. And the fat-soluble ones are just like you say. I mean, just like they sound. They they dissolve into your fat, and therefore, they stick around longer. Now, we don't do statin levels. You know, sometimes, you know, drugs have to have a level. So mm-hmm. if you're on a seizure medication called Dilantin, they adjust the dose you take based on the level in your bloodstream. And so there are slightly more side effects associated with atorvastatin than with rosuvastatin. And I tend to shy away, uh, and here's the honest truth, shy away from atorvastatin because I have noticed more people have side effects with those medication. Um, rosuvastatin, pravastatin, they are water-soluble. They are associated with lower risk of side effects in my mind. Now, you might have some atorvastatin specialists who disagree with me, but I'm going on the basis of what I think. Now, did your doctor talk about CoQ10? Did he talk about that? Is he still there? Yeah, Herman is still there. Herman, did yeah. your doctor mention CoQ10? He did not. He did not mention. Okay, CoQ10. so some people believe that if you have the side effect of muscle aches, which is the number one true side effect, it happens mm-hmm. about one in five thousand people. In reality, one in five thousand people. It probably happens to one in ten people who listen. Maybe you know nine in ten people who listen to the People's Pharmacy. Uh, <laughs> one in ten uh, who listen to Uncle Joe. Okay, so, so CoQ10 seems to, it's not been studied conclusively, seems to prevent the side effects yeah. um, by uh, restoring uh, levels of this enzyme helper called CoQ10 that seems to be depleted by statins. Now, let me tell you, pat yourself on the back um, because you're taking a medicine that will really help you. And your doctor um, will draw your blood and measure for uh, potential serious side effects, which are liver inflammation and muscle inflammation. 
And that requires uh, someone to stop the medication. Now, you can be asymptomatic mm-hmm. and have liver inflammation. You can be asymptomatic and have muscle inflammation. Now, as a statin lover, I will tell you right now, I've had two serious cases in 35 years of what we call rhabdomyolysis from a statin. So I'm not saying that these medicines are harmless. They need to be given to you by a physician. They need to be watched and monitored with appropriate blood tests and physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand, the listeners out there, that they are safe. Because anybody taking any medicine, Tylenol, for example, and some people have to take Tylenol all the time because it's the only medication that resolves their pain. Mm -hmm. You got to watch out for liver toxicity Mm -hmm. in Tylenol. And if you have someone taking Tylenol on a regular basis, acetaminophen Mm -hmm. or um, paracetamol, and as they say in jolly old London, Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be monitored. So, um, you know, I congratulate you. On, on taking it and understanding that there's a scientific and medical reason for you to take it. Now, statin haters out there, I don't hate you. Uh, no. It's like the vaccine situation with COVID. I do understand when you have the drumbeat uh, in the social media that COVID vaccines will kill you, you're going to be hesitant to take it. Yeah. And just like you have the drumbeat of people like the People's Pharmacy and Uncle Joe who tells you that they're dangerous medicines, which they are not. You're going to be wary of taking it. And luckily, for the true statin intolerant patients, there's so many new medicines out now. Uh, Next Lizette, uh, which works in a different way. And then my favorite, which I take, is something called Rapatha, which is a twice-week, twice-week, no, every other week injection, which is marvelous in lowering uh, cholesterol levels. So you've got choices out there. Um, pat you on the back for giving it a try. And uh, good luck to you. Herman, thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, take care of yourself. Boy, I bloviated on that one. Well, you did all right. You did all right. So, Stanton, you've made this point before that statistically speaking, yeah, it's going to help you with depression. We learned that earlier in today's show. And with Crohn's disease and the COVID patients did better. And clearly it saved millions of lives. These drugs have saved, literally millions of lives people on statins versus similar people who are not on statins do the statins save your life yeah they keep now, you alive listen uh i just had a patient i talked about this last week yeah negative stress test no cholesterol buildup by ct yeah um no cholesterol buildup in his arteries his brain right uh ldl was 178 and he looked at me and he said now you're gonna tell me to take a statin He's 82 years old. And you yeah. know what I told him? Yeah. No, you don't need it. <laughs> and so the bottom line, you see these studies that say only one in 50 people were helped. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, probably half of them didn't need it. Right. Because they didn't have the risks uh, for having heart attacks or strokes right. or I, peripheral vascular disease. I want to and talk so about- it probably saves, you know, maybe six in 10 who need it. Right. And- um, didn't have it, you know, so it, they're wonderful drugs, but there are people who don't need it. Okay. And I'm in big favor of medicines for those who need them. Mm-hmm. Like aspirin's great yeah. for those who need them, yeah. but it's not great because it can cause bleeding and ulcers and stuff. And those who don't need them. Okay. Yeah. 
We're going to talk about testosterone. My and favorite heart drug. Health. Your favorite. Your favorite. Drug. Let me. I'll give a okay. testimonial. It changed my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio, the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and HeartHealthRadio.com. Are we shouting anybody out? Uh, yeah, I want to shout out somebody that hasn't been shouting out in a while. Yeah, and that is David Alexander. Oh um, yeah. Well, you you look at you know your health saga. Oh my gosh. You know you've had problems with diabetes, problems with your feet. You've yeah. had yeah. stents in your yeah. heart and bypass surgery, uh-huh. and you're diabetic. And now what you're doing is state of the art. And so you've oh, yeah. got the uh, continuous glucose monitor. I do, right here in my and hand. And you've got the medications for diabetes type 2 that reduce the risk of heart disease. Right. And he just checked his sugar and? It's 175. Okay. It's a little high for me, but here's the thing. I'm going to stay in this studio for two hours. Yeah. I don't want it bottoming out, so I'm yeah. not going to take any action. Yeah. If, if you hear this sound, yeah. no. it's David's head Hitting the counter That's when the right. sugar goes to wanna, 30. I know what it feels like when yeah. the sugar goes to 50. It's terrible. And it's no yeah. fun. It's terrible. So, I mean, uh, the bottom line yeah. is that David has, you know, significant and serious medical problems. And yet they have they are not taken over his life. No, no. He has dodged one bullet. Yep. And uh, gotten the, you know, the bulletproof vest of the right medications. Right. And, you know, the numbers are turning out good. And how's your kidneys, by the way? Kidneys are good. They're stable. What's the number? The creatinine. The creatinine is 3.0. No, that's high. It is high, but it's not, you know, it, it's not gotten any worse. Really? Yeah, no. Uh, take it all back. <laughs> no, okay, you take it all back. Do, I thought it was. So, I thought it had come down. It was two something or other, and then it come down. It might have been two point nine or something like that. Oh, but okay. you know. All right. It's, it's, Keith, now he's looking at me different. Yeah, keep those kidneys healthy. <laughs> he says, "I was, I was yeah. just telling everybody how healthy you are, Dave. Yeah, uh, now I'm looking at you. Yeah, well, you know." Don't buy any green bananas. Yeah. All right, so testosterone is your favorite medicine. Well, I would say statins are favorite. Okay. Um, and <laughs> testosterone, I I have told people before, I was just wiped out. Yeah. And, you know, um, my manliness was not manly anymore, and I just couldn't figure it out. And so Renee Watson, who's my physician, uh-huh. um, looked at me and said, I bet it's low T, which is the term for low testosterone. Yeah. And I said, why is that? She says, listen, we're seeing this in a lot of people who, you know, are younger. I was in my um, mid-50s, maybe late 50s when I discovered that I had it. And then she also said, smartly, you know, look, you've been around radiation. Um, and when we do a heart cath or a, a pacemaker or something like that, yeah. we have to use what's called a fluoroscope. And uh, we take video pictures of it what we do, and that's a tremendous amount of radiation. I wore extra heavy lead, and I did 18,000 procedures. You're only supposed to do 10. Mm. And my badge went off. In other words, there's a badge you use to find out, you know, the cumulative dose, and mine was way off after 11,000 procedures. So I did the, 
appropriate thing. I just threw it away. <laughs> and, that is not um, the appropriate yeah. thing. So my level, which should have been probably 350, was okay. 86. Okay. And so, you know, now I took my, I take my medicine and I feel like a new man. Is this a shot? I take the shot. Now, I had tried the gel. The gel is really expensive. Yeah. And you get out of the shower and you, it, it's by the pump. Okay. So four pumps every morning. And yeah. So you yeah. pump, 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 and you get in your hands and you rub it in. It's the armpits that you get. And, sure you, know, you do. And I could never get my level where I wanted it. Yeah. And so... I went to the shot, and I get a uh, shot at 0.5 mLs yeah. of 200 milligrams per mL of depot testosterone. And depot means that it has an oil, and the oil gets in your deep muscles, and it slowly releases okay. the testosterone. Now, you can get pellets, these little pellets that release testosterone, you know, one, two, or three, and they put yeah. them in your thigh. And they last about three months. I didn't really want that, not no. because I was afraid of having pellets put in, but I just wanted to be able to adjust the dose more. You get that pellet in you, and it's too much, yeah. you gotta go dig the pellet out. I didn't want to do that. Ah. So my levels have been very good. Um, yeah. you, this is something you need to monitor. Okay. Because I think all those studies that may have shown a problem with testosterone, which by the way now are being done correctly, and they're not showing a cardiovascular problem with testosterone. In fact, some of them have shown a lower risk of cardiac problems if you supplement for low T. Okay. Um, and, you know, you got to draw a level beforehand to sure. know that you need it. And then after several doses, you draw a level. If it's too low, you increase it. If it's too high, you decrease it. And um, I, I'm living a good life. And I think my patients who are on it, for the appropriate reasons, are living better lives too. So that's does just it make you it. feel less old? I felt so much better. Yeah, energy, sleeping. Yeah, um, my manliness returned to well, I'm not manliness. Sure. You know, I'm not going to ask you that. And you know, I. I mean, I, I just, might ask you that, but I'm going to look at a sports you to know, broadcast while I do it. Yeah, if you feel old when you're not old, and old yeah. is now ninety. Yeah. Okay. Ask your doctor to check your free testosterone. And total testosterone because there's a difference and they might adjust the dose basing on what it is. And and if you take testosterone and they're measuring your dose, if you're on the shot, say once every two weeks or once every week, depending upon your ability to absorb it, okay, get it right before your dose, right? So if you had a dose Monday and your dose is due next Tuesday or whatever, right. get it right before the next dose because that tells you what your level is after it's quote unquote leveled off. You right. know what I mean? So right. that's another thing. Don't get it after you've had your shot. No. Because it'll, it'll be, be way high. Way too high. And then they'll cut back and then you'll be way too low. Okay. All right. Now, uh, we have less than a minute. I will tell you that we're going to also consider something that you called the P shot. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Plasma. Preposterous in shot. Plasma injections. Yeah. Plasma rich platelets. I'll, I'll talk about those. For, for well, ED. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a totally different subject. Yeah. There are good injections for ED. Yeah. Uh, they have to be done very carefully. Papaverine, uh, you can inject that before you want to yeah. use your manliness probe. Yeah. Um, I just made up a, a new, yeah, a that's, new uh, that's a great uh, thing. Um, name for it. We'll, but anyway, these we'll, things are supposedly injected long term. All right. We'll, we'll talk more about that. This is Heart Health Radio. 
Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Well, this is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. He is Dr. Franklin Weefald. I'm Dave Alexander. Hey. Uh, so, we're going to talk about the Novavax vaccine. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I've lost track. That's not one I have had. No. Because I had no, the Moderna. It hasn't been approved yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's, I, well, let's put it this way. It's approved. Always this happens. It's approved in other countries before yeah. it's approved in our country. But it's a unique uh, one uh, compared to the other ones we have, which mm-hmm. are RNA-based. What that means is the genetic material to create the spike protein is injected into you. That hijacks your uh, own uh, protein-making machinery. It makes the spike protein in your body, and then your body recognizes that as a foreign invader and creates an antibody. Novavax uh, was um, thought about and uh, created in my hometown, Gaithersburg, Maryland, by a really interesting company, Um, and they have a different way. It's a protein that they actually manufacture. They manufacture a part of the spike protein that induces a very high immune response. Yeah. And it works. And they also do something that I think is very interesting. They have a chemical called an adjuvant. Now, if you take, for example, the flu vaccine or you know, the DPT for diphtheria pertussis, which is swooping cough and tetanus. Sure. They have a chemical called an adjuvant, and it induces your immune system to be, you know, just more active. And it works. Uh, The Novavax is about 96% effective. Now, why am I excited? I've always believed in what we call synergy, okay? So, for example, um, all these people complaining about antibiotics not working anymore. Well, if you combine two, yeah. It's better than just one by itself. Okay. And so I've had the Moderna three times. All right. And they say, why aren't you getting your fourth? I'm going to get a Novavax. Now, there's no data, and I'm going to tell you right now, don't go out and say, Dr. Weefall told me so. Right. I'm telling you what I am doing for myself based on my knowledge. Now, we're not supposed to use our knowledge anymore, you know? We're supposed to look it up in a book and go by guidelines. Right, the guidelines right, say right. that you should have X, Y, Z after P, Q, R, S. And, I, you know, I was taught at Johns Hopkins and Duke and Princeton to think for myself um, and to utilize uh, my knowledge to make decisions. And I, the decision for myself will be to get the Novavax because it's a different one and creates a different type of immune response, and maybe the two types of immune response, one from messenger RNA mm-hmm. and one from Novavax, will render me uh, even more um, resistant. I don't know. It may not be true. Might get special powers. I, I might I mean, be turned you know. into Dr. COVID fighter. <laughs> you know? I don't know. And it's, me, and Spidey, whole... me and Spidey will have our COVID sense, and we'll conquer COVID. I don't know. I, I but I'm just, telling you that I, I think it's going to be a good vaccine. You, weeks? And guess months, what? It's what? refrigerated at room temperature. Yeah, no, good. At you know, normal refrigeration temperature. Yeah. It'll last a long time Good on the shelf. And again, um, I'm excited about its production 
uh, that it's a different type. It's a protein yeah. that you inject. Uh, and maybe it's going to be better as a, um, a booster. I don't know. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. Call right now. You got nothing but open lines. There are a couple of stories in your pile mm-hmm. that are about supplements and vitamins. Yeah, there's a... Uh, and, and, you know, always be afraid, be very afraid when the headline is, I'm a doctor and you should do this. Yeah. You know, and, and so what? You know, there are only about 17 billion doctors in the world. <laughs> what if the doc, I'm a doctor and this other doctor's an idiot, you know? There could be. Yeah. Yes. But um, there right. is uh, something to be said about this one article that says, I'm a doctor and beg you never to take these vitamins. The point I'm tr- I always try to make is, you know, someone says, Dr. Weefeld, should I take B6? And I say, well, you know, if you have pellagra and your tongue is black, maybe. <laughs> but if you want to take it okay. uh, and it doesn't hurt you. All right. So B6 is a water-soluble vitamin. You can't get toxic. Okay. Your body will take it and it will escape in your urine. Yes. And if you take a B, have you ever taken a B complex? No. Uh, your urine turns bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so that's, that's a side effect. It doesn't hurt you. Um, Are there any other colors I could get? Uh, purple. Purple. Okay. Yeah, but that's right. kind of painful. <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I mean, I, I need a little joy in my life. Yeah. Okay. So um, one of them is called ephedra. And the reason why you don't want to take ephedra, and this doctor's correct, you don't want to take this. Yeah. Uh, it causes hypertension. And constricts your arteries, yeah, and causes rapid heart beating. So, and there's no, and nothing, that shows a positive aspect of ephedra. Okay, yeah. Um, vitamin A. Now, there are some studies coming out about the benefits of vitamin A supplementation. But let me tell you, you talk about statins being dangerous. Yeah, you know, vitamin A is really dangerous. Um, it can cause you to be blind, and uh, you need to take it. Only if it's being monitored by a physician because the level of vitamin A can skyrocket very quickly right, and um, lead to serious health complications. It is also a um, fat-soluble vitamin as opposed to a water-soluble. Um, vitamin, kava, uh, hold on a second, duh. Kava kava. Kava kava. Yeah. I've heard of it. It is a plant. Uh, that is used by Pacific Islanders uh, for medicinal properties. Yes. Um, sedative, anxiolytic, muscle relaxant, etc. But um, it can make you psychotic. And I just don't think you want to be psychotic. Okay. So well, if somebody you tells think... you to eat kava kava, um, ask yourself uh, their uh, mental status. It does fall into it. that category. Yeah. Of, you know, People have been taking this for generations. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe they haven't yeah. been taking the same amount yeah. that I would take. Yeah. Now, the other thing, the other article is that right across the, from this one is seven supplements you probably aren't taking but should. Now, I want to give this with an um, explanation of caution. Magnesium, great, great supplement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, muscle health. Uh Cardio electricity, you know, electrophysiology, how? Yeah. Unless you have renal insufficiency. Now, if you are, for example, on dialysis, um, the magnesium can poison you if you're like 
pre-diuretic yeah. diet. So your creatinine, say, is 4.6, and you know, you're know you heading toward dialysis. You don't want to take magnesium supplements because you can get magnesium toxic. Now, if your kidneys are normal, you can take magnesium safely because it will be urinated out of your system. And magnesium is a great thing. I take it at bedtime, and it's yeah. really helped me sleep and my muscle cramps. Um, I don't necessarily have them uh, as much um, when I take my magnesium supplement. Fish oil, we've talked about fish oil. It's got tremendous, tremendous benefits. However, there may be a, uh, a slight incidence, increased incidence of AFib, atrial fibrillation on fish oil. So you got if you're going to take it, you do want to let your doctor know so he or she can monitor you for signs or symptoms of AFib. Oh, that's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Now, iron. They tell you everybody to take iron. I disagree. You should only take iron if you have a low iron level. And if you have a low iron level, um, you should first try uh, natural. And here's Dr. Weefall talking about natural. Um, eating spinach, which has loads of iron. Okay. Liver. Uh, loads of iron. Oh, and, yeah. You know, iron supplementation is, has a major adverse side effect of severe constipation. And does it happen to everybody? But also, it can turn your stools black. And so, you know, suppose you're anemic and your doctor puts you on an iron supplement and you go to have your stools checked for occult blood mm-hmm. because are you anemic from bleeding in your gut well guess what if you're on iron it's going to come out positive and that'll be a false positive so never take i'm gonna tell you this and people will say they're that i'm wrong never take iron without your doctor being the one who prescribes it because you know the doctor needs to know you're on iron needs to know why you're on iron it has to be a reason and um has to be monitored now there is an iron supplement that i use it's a prescription and it's can be expensive if your insurance doesn't pay for it it's called iron polysaccharide the reason why I give it is because it's it's just like it says there's a polysaccharide or you know combination of sugar uh, that's not bad for you that um, sort of gives you your iron without making you constipated and I like that mm-hmm. um, and it's once a day or twice a day now Quenzyme Q10 I you know some people swear by it it can't hurt you it's a water soluble supplement um, some people take it to prevent the side effects of statins, which we talked about earlier in the show. So bottom line is, um, if you take it, you take it. Might help, might not help. Now, vitamin D, I caution everybody. If you're going to take a vitamin D supplement without your doctor's recommendation, then please ask them the next time they draw your blood to get a vitamin D level. There is something called vitamin D toxicity, and it can make your calcium go up, and it's bad. Um, vitamin D deficiency is rampant. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing so much of it in my practice. And um, the prescription strength vitamin D is really a large dose. It's 50,000 units once a week. Um, if you want to take a supplement, 1,000 units. This is little gel caps yeah. or tablet. Yeah. 1,000 units, 2,000 units a day. But make sure you get your, cal- your vitamin D level checked. To make sure that you're not vitamin D they, toxic. They did that with me. They put me on a one pill every week or yeah. two weeks or something like that. Up? Did they recheck it? Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Now, here's one I think we can all agree on. Fiber. Fiber. Unless you have irritable bowel syndrome with diarrhea. It might yeah. make your diarrhea worse. Yeah. But fiber's good because um, it will uh, 
help your sugar control, believe it or not. Yeah. It'll help you from being constipated. And constipation is a medical condition. If you're not moving that stuff out of you, it's going to be all the poisons are not going to get out of you. And, right. You know, there's a reason why we defecate. I think everybody should aim for defecation once every two days at, at the most. And um, fiber is the best initial treatment. Okay. Once every two days? That's the least. Okay. All right. Do you not go every two days? Uh, I go. I, I've I gone twice live, during this radio I go, show. I go twice a day. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the I idea don't want to alarm people who I'm don't go a, every day. There are some people who, you know, don't go every day, and I don't want to alarm them that they're going to die. No, um, no, they're not yeah, going to die. They're just going to go. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're not going once every two days, then you need to go see your doctor and talk about it. Now, B12. Um, B12 is very important. I'm seeing a rash of B12 deficiency. You know what yeah. I think? Why? B12 is absorbed in your body complicated in a complicated fashion. You have to have acid in your stomach, and then the stomach secretes something called intrinsic factor. And if you don't have enough acid in your stomach, yeah. the B12 is not going to bind to the intrinsic factor. And believe it or not, it's got to go through your gut to the ileum where it, the intrinsic factor is absorbed. I mean, it's just a crazy... Nature made it crazy, okay? So okay. if you have Crohn's disease and your ileum's all inflamed, you get B12 deficiency. If you've had gastric bypass surgery, there might not be the intrinsic factor in acid. Well, now normal people, and I hate to use that term, you know, you're not abnormal if you've got Crohn's disease, but people without uh, a predisposing problem are getting B12 deficiency. And I think, and I haven't correlated this, but it might be with all the Prilosec we're taking, Right. Yeah. Because it lowers your stomach acidity. I don't know. But if you take a B12 over the counter, you can't hurt yourself. It's okay. a water-soluble vitamin. The excess B12 will be peed out of your system. And, it, you know, I recommend taking B12 supplements if your B12 level is low. Yeah. But if you want to take one, uh, that's fine. It's not going to hurt you. Some people come to me and say, my energy level's down. My old Dr. Simmons, he used to give me a B12 shot every now and then. That's malarkey it's just okay. a placebo yeah if b12 is low yeah. in your system and yeah. your b12 shot will help you feel better sure but if you have normal b12 uh, i seriously doubt that a b12 shot's gonna perk you up okay okay so all right anyway so, there we go vitamins today i i hear from people people tell me that once they get a single cold symptom they then just go to the to the pharmacy and get themselves vitamin C. Yeah, C. Now let me tell you about that. That is controversial. Um, they've done some studies where they gave some people vitamin C and some people placebo, and they didn't see a difference. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna shock you all. Yeah. I take vitamin C every day. Okay. And I I'm gonna tell you I don't know if it works. Um, you know, there's all this anecdotal evidence that people say it works. And there may be certain people that it works with, okay? But you know how they discovered vitamin C? Hmm. You ever heard of limeys? You know what a limey is? Yes, it's yes. A Brit- it's, a, it's a term for a British person. And it used to be only a British sailor because mm-hmm. vitamin C deficiency is called scurvy. And so the British sailors would be on a ship for two years. Yeah. And they were eating hardtack, which is, you know, just flour. And, you know, whatever meat they could find scavenging on islands and, you know, bacon and stuff like that. They didn't have any fruit. Right. 
And so with the absence of vitamin C, their teeth would fall out. They'd die. They'd throw you overboard. Ah, another scurvy guy. <laughs> Threw him overboard. And the way they discovered it is that a sailor hid limes. He liked to suck on limes. And mm-hmm. he knew that he wouldn't get any limes. And he didn't get scurvy. And everybody else on the ship did. They're out for two years. So they did some stuff. They discovered it was vitamin C. So vitamin C is essential, you know, for your health, integrity of your connective tissues and stuff like that. Right. Linus Pauling, who won the Nobel Prize for, I can't remember what, chemist, was a huge believer in vitamin C and said vitamin C would prevent cancer, colds, everything. And he used to take like eight grams a day. Yeah. Um, Some people think you can get kidney stones from too much vitamin C. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm kind of superstitious. Um, and I've taken it ever since my mother beat me over the head because yeah. she was a big Linus Pauling fan. Right. And let me tell you, I haven't had a cold in, I don't know, six years. Really? Yeah. Okay. I haven't missed a day of work yeah. from illness. Good for you. I haven't. There is some article you found that just said, Dave, you're never going to believe this. The main cause of physician discipline that is physicians getting in trouble he says you're never gonna believe it that's coming up next on heart health radio scary welcome to heart health with board certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist dr franklin weefall call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783 listen to heart health radio on apple podcasts we're also on spotify and at hearthealthradio.com. I've always considered that the easiest way. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to sign up, some people don't sign up for things on their phone. Yeah. They, they, you just go to hearthealthradio.com, couple of clicks, and you will be listening to the show. Yeah. Um, so the main cause of physician discipline, I'm guessing that it's impropriety. No. Of some sort. Well, yeah, I guess. It's, I mean. But I, I think it's more illness. Than really? Illness. It's substance abuse. Really? Yeah, and and you know it's not a it's not it's mostly okay alcohol, uh, and then a big part of it also is narcotics, wow. opioids. Wow. And the the thing is, uh, medicine has become very stressful, right? Very depressing. Um, when I started this in the nineties and the aughts, you yeah. know the noughts or aughts, two thousands. It was wonderful. I couldn't believe they were paying me to do this. Yeah. I had run to work. Yeah. And, you know, you had, you took a few notes, you documented what was going on, you know, and if you just, you know, you could write some stuff down. Yeah. And you had medicines that cost very little um, compared to today. I remember when the first medicine was a dollar a day, I was just freaked out. Wow. I mean, because prescriptions were six, seven bucks, you know? Wow. Insulin was very inexpensive. Um, and you know, you, you spent all the time with your patient. Um, you didn't have to get these audits where they came in and grabbed all your charts and said, you're not really doing this. Give us our money back. And then January 1st, 2010, Obamacare kicked in. Yeah. And the biggest thing with Obamacare was cuts and reimbursements. The cardiologist got cut 40% in one day. Hmm. And then all of a sudden we had to prove Everything we did. So we had to have seven page notes for a $50 visit. Right. And they would audit you. And if they found uh, out of 100 charts, they didn't like 18. They would take 18% of the money they gave you last year and take it back. Yes. So it's been extremely stressful. Uh, late nights working. 
um, five minutes with the patient, 10 minutes with the chart. Right. And people are drinking and they're taking drugs to, you know, assuage their pain. And it's, it's sad because the discipline is pretty damn tight. You right. lose your license, you lose your money coming in. Right. You got to go and prove yourself fit. Right. And quite frankly, this is an illness that is just as much a disease as anything else. And I don't have any substance abuse issues. I, I got myself uh, fixed. Well, not completely fixed, but I got really depressed. I had personal problems. I had uh, practice problems. I got embezzled. Um, it was pretty much, a, I had my ex-partners coming after me. Um, and it was pretty much a you-know-what show. And, you know, getting help. Um, was the key thing. Right. And I think we should be treating this more as a as an illness and not as a disciplinary action. Shame right. on you. Whack. Right. Because there's a reason for this. And I know plenty of physicians who are just at wit's end. And a lot of my friends have quit um, because it's just not fun anymore. Well. Um, this is, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, yeah. This is one of the most fun parts of my life. And, you know, it is, uh, there's a reason for it. And the reason is that we have a really tough life now. And you may say, oh, you have it easy. And there are some physicians who have it easy. Sure. If you're a dermatologist working nine to four. I was thinking that, yeah. And doing, you know, cosmetic stuff. Yeah. um, It's fun because these women or men come in and give you $1,000. And you cut, cut, (laughs) snip, snip. And it's a happy time. Uh But if you are, for example, a primary care physician... Uh, especially in regions where there are uh, high amounts of uh, chronic illness. Right. You've got to juggle diabetes with high blood pressure, with heart failure, with coronary disease, with, um, you know, uh, spousal abuse. And I'm not kidding. That's huge now. Wow. And you got 10 minutes to see them and you're going to make $6 and it's really hard. And we should treat physician burnout and physician substance abuse as an illness and not necessarily um, as a... Uh, punishment thing. All right. We're going to talk about something called an injectable gel. Today will be the gel show on Heart Health Radio. Coming up, some amazing things going on in medicine. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin. We followed, we talked him uh, off the ledge. He is he is better now. <laughs> and he's going to continue with the show whether he feels like it or not. No, this is a, this is your best 2 hours of the week. Uh yeah, I uh, know. Uh, okay. It is a fun 2 hours of the week. Okay. You know what the best time of my What's that? When I'm with that patient who has really done well. Yeah. And we've got time and we're sitting there talking about you know, the changes uh, that I have been able to help them with. Yes. And how they have better quality of life. And, you know, I, I've got people who are in their 90s that I've taken care of for 25 years. Wow. Who had heart attacks. Um, I got one guy I've talked about before whose heart was just destroyed by a heart attack in 1999. Yeah. It was on death's door, literally. Uh, nobody would operate on him. And I spent two hours one day harassing a surgeon. And um, thank God, you know, he went to Duke and Dr. Glauer, you know, fixed his heart. 
And yeah. This guy has done great. Yeah. Got a defibrillator. He's got meds. He's got, you know, everything going for him. Yep. And that makes it worthwhile. But of course, you know, three months from now, when his insurance company demands the note and that I, I documenting my encounter and they count up the things and they say, oh, you only talked about four things. We wanted five things. So we're taking your money back. And that's what I hate right? about what Obama has done to medical care. And those are all Obama rules. I don't care whether you're a fan of Obama or not. He, This is what he did to medicine. Mm. Okay. All right. There is a story about injectable gel. Yeah, this is very exciting. Three stories. Three different gels. Okay, so why are gels so popular? Um, You can give medicines directly onto an organ. And the problem is if you inject them into the heart, for example, they'll be there for a little bit and then they're carried away. Yeah. And so people were saying, how can we keep these medicines right where we need them? Well, you can give them in the vein, and then they just sort of go whooshing by. Right. But they develop these gel. In case everybody knows what a gel is, jello. It's this thing that wiggles. You right, know? right. And right. if you put something in the middle of jello, it stays there. So they have developed these gels that they either um, attach to the outside of the heart and yeah. let the medicine sort of seep in. Yeah. Or they actually inject it into the heart muscle. Now, we talked before I take this testosterone, that's in an oil, okay? Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll make it into a gel, and that gel will slowly diffuse. Well, they've got some medicines now that they're putting into uh, the hearts um, with, with this particular gel, and it's helping the heart heal after a heart attack. And so um, I think it's very, very um, high potential. It's being done at the University of Manchester, and they're giving these peptides that are no, these are little bits of proteins uh, yeah. that are known to help heal and promote heart muscle um, growth. Yeah. And I'm really excited. The, and it, I think it, that the gel may be the future. Okay. We'll talk more about these gel stories. Yeah. And, and we've got a special sponsor of today's show that, you know, you may not have heard about. Yeah. Bill in Raleigh, welcome to the program. How you doing, Bill? Dave, uh, yes. great show. Uh, Terrific. Thank you. Always, I always enjoy Saturday listening to um, you two. Uh, that makes me feel good. Thank you, you just Bill. made my day. Well, I, you know, I I admire your um, independence and, and just your, it just seems to me like you're, you're swimming upstream against the uh, establishment. But, but, you know, if, I, what, if one day I, you turn on the radio at noon and yeah. i'm not here yeah check the local jail <laughs> because it may be <laughs> that the powers that be and the drug companies everybody else have arrested me and thrown away the key but yeah. you know i'm 63 and i'm going to speak my mind am i afraid sometimes that you know i'm going to get in trouble from the medical board yeah i am but i'm going to keep doing what i'm doing okay well uh, let me start with my question sure. I'm on my way to the bookstore to buy china rx a book written by rosemary gibson What's it called? It, China, China RX. RX. It talks about how uh, we've uh, offshored our our, phar- our pharmacies or our uh, prescription drug drugs to the Chinese, and uh, 
the limited amount of resources that we have that the Chinese have overwhelming. Right. Um, but my that that's just the, a part of my question. My question is, doctor, is if you can diagnose a problem that I have or we have as a general population, why can't we put it in reverse and solve the problem without drugs? Oh, and I think, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm just, uh, take a look, take a look at the uh, problem we have with the uh, baby formula. Mm-hmm. What if the same thing happened to all of us? Uh, and of course, you know, you've mentioned Dave's health conditions. Imagine if he was not able to get the necessary remedies for his ailments. Yeah. Um, that's what I and mostly concerned about, but besides that, I'm saying if we if they can narrow if they can nail down the cause of high blood pressure or heart disease or whatever, then they know what's causing it. So they come up with a solution for it. But I'm saying let's go in reverse and say if this if we know what this is, we know what's causing it. Why can't we? tell the patient or the general population that this is what they need to do yeah. to eliminate it. Well, I, I think that's, to- yeah, it's a great point. Uh, the, you know, they're going to the root cause of immigration. Of course they need to, right? The <laughs> yeah. root cause is that there's murder and, and horrible living conditions, and therefore they want to come to the greatest place in the world, the U.S. of A. Sure. Well, health conditions are often genetic, Okay, so what's the problem with that is we don't understand uh, much yet about genetics. I mean, we know DNA, we know RNA, Mm -hmm. and we know a lot of things about different genes. But I think that one of the things that we can do, just like he said, was to eat better, Mm -hmm. no sugar, no flour. And those are the things that will help prevent diabetes and help, you know, if we control our salt intake. But it's not that way for everyone, okay? There are 97-year-old people who smoke and have a, two fingers of whiskey every day and eat you know, bacon and hot dogs, and they're perfectly healthy. Right. And then there's the person who jogs and eats dust. No, I'm kidding. Eats um, you know, vegetables and you know, organic this and, and never smoked. And, right. You know, has a gas mask, so it filters out the carcinogen. I'm just kidding. But, you know, you know that person. Yeah. And they get breast cancer and die. And so what we need to do is a combination, I think, of prevention uh, and um, appropriate medications. Now, I think what your, this China RX book is, is something, it touches me in a particular way. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, people who don't know me from the radio... <laughs> Think I hate Chinese people. I'm, I'm half Chinese. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I am half white, half Chinese. You can't necessarily tell from the way I speak because I grew up in the U.S. of A. Right. I, let me just put it this way: I'm totally American. My mom came from China, and my dad grew up on a farm in Minnesota from Norwegian uh, immigrants. But I am deathly concerned about the uh, outsourcing of our vital drugs. And, and medicines to China. 
in fact, you know, in this whole thing going on now with the COVID where we were getting mad at them, right. they had, you know, some director of export say, hey, guess what? We don't like you. We're not going to give you any antibiotics anymore. That's I mean, exactly right. we, we have given away to the Chinese our vital, you know, uh, medical supply chain. Right. right. And it's crazy, you know, and here's the reason why. I mean, if you're Merck Sharp and Dome and it costs you $27, $28 an hour to have an employee on the assembly line creating your, your chemicals, then you have somebody in China who's willing to do it for 50 cents an right. hour. What are you going to do? Like, I just found out my car, which I love, my Ford um, Mach-E, the reason why they're building it in Mexico is because they pay them $3 an hour. Three bucks an hour. Every, every hour. Three bucks. Right. And it's $80 an hour total. Sure. To a, uh, a unionized worker when you add up the pensions and benefits. Now, right. I want Americans to have 80 bucks an hour total. Right. Right. But we got to stop this. We got to find a way because let me tell you, they're about to invade Taiwan. And what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit back and let them nuke Taiwan? And, you know, uh, an ally of ours for the last 80 years who helped, you know, side by side fight the Japanese. Right. And then, you know, are we going to say, okay, you can have it. I need my amoxicillin tomorrow. And, you know, we don't have any contrast dye right now. It's a huge. Listen, I need, I got a backlog of CT scans. There must be 40 people. Right. And you call them up and say, nope, we don't. Yes, we have no contrast. You know, yes, we have no bananas. Yes, we have no contrast. Uh, it's because of the supply chain logistics. And where's our contrast made? In the People's Republic of China. And this is a scary situation. Mm-hmm. If you look at Apple Computer, I love the devices. I love Apple Computer. It's an right. American company. It's worth $2 trillion. They're building everything in China. And so what if the Chinese were to say, you know, I'm sorry, Apple Computer, we're not giving you your products. We're keeping them here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You say that like it's a like it's a fiction. That's like a potential thing that could happen. Go ahead and try to buy a big pickup truck that needs a chip right now. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous. We got to make our chips here. We got to make our contrast dye here. We got to make all the chemicals and all the things that back us up uh, for our uh, vital medicines here. Right. And find a way to do it. Bill, thank you for the phone call. Thank you, guys. Good luck God to you. God bless you. All right. Thank you. You know, the, the thing is, if you just replace the argument, you just cross out the word China and put Nazi Germany in it. Yeah. Now, I'm not comparing one to the other uh-huh. because, you know, right. they're, they're different crimes, different era, but similar attitude. Yeah. And, and you it's just not say, the Chinese people. What if, what if all of our whatever was generated in Germany in 1939? We relied on German factories to produce all these things mm-hmm. we in would have 1939. Been in, in deep, deep doo-doo. It's about right. And, and you know, the Chinese people have a, a history, a wonderful, I mean, they're a great group of people. I mean, they invented 
all these amazing things they don't get credit for. Printing mm-hmm. press, Gutenberg, right. uh, was a Chinese. It was a Chinese. Yeah. Uh, Gunpowder, I don't know whether you think that's good or not, it was a Chinese. Sure. Um, writing, uh, early writing was, you know, the Chinese. And right. They, they are an amazing uh, uh, people. You look at 1975 when uh, Deng Xiaoping, who was um, uh, one of these autocratic, nasty Mm-hmm. Uh, leaders of the Communist Party, he said, look, we ain't going nowhere with this communism business. Mm-hmm. And he opened up the country to the capitalists. And you look at the growth in that economy mm-hmm. and what they are capable of doing. Now, what's the horrible things? They steal our ideas. You know, they, they are real good at infiltrating our computers and stealing all our blueprints and stuff. You, it was ama- you look at the, you know, this is the new Chinese fighter. It's a yeah. dead ringer for ours. Yeah. I mean, down to, you know, the little twisty tail, you know? I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. But they can do a lot. And and I think that hopefully over time, as they see, I mean, there was a big democracy movement in Hong Kong. It yes, there was. squashed like a bug. Yes, it was. And hopefully someday, you know, a gradual um, appearance of freedom will come forward. Uh, there's a story I like to tell that's, that's sad but true. Yeah. You know, if you run somebody over in China with your car, mm-hmm. okay, the law is you have to take care of them for the rest of their life. Mm. You have to pay for their medical care out of your pocket, pay for their food if they live. So you know what they do? Oh, no. They run them over twice and kill them. Oh, my heavens. Because if you kill them with your car, you don't have to pay You have anything. to pay a certain amount of money and then yeah. you're done. And you're done. And so, you know, the, the thought that goes into the kind of laws that are there. And you know, China suffered hugely with famines and war and disease and pestilence. So that looking after your family was the primary thing. Only your family. Because if you had money, then you wouldn't die in the famine. You could, or the Japanese invasion. If people had money, they could bribe the soldiers not to kill them, which is why you see all these horrible products, uh, fentanyl in particular. right? that are manufactured by Chinese industrialists and businessmen, and they know it's going to kill us. They know it. Yeah. And they don't give a you-know-what because they're getting the money and their families are not going to starve in the next go-round. Yeah. So we have a difference in moral values, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that democracy will flourish someday in China and some of this stuff will stop. Let's pick up with Lenny. In Holly Springs. Hi, Lenny. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, gentlemen. Good. What's cooking? Well, I was to a doctor recently. My knee's been bothering me. I'm 68 years old. Yeah. And they said my cartilage is wore out in my right knee. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can do is pain management or get a mechanical knee. I don't really like either one of those options. Yep. I've heard about some... Um, cartilage regeneration and stuff like that. Is that all a fantasy or is there something to it? It is not a fantasy. And it is, we just talked about uh, gels yeah. to, to put in uh, medicines and they're doing that with cartilage. And I think that it's five years away, maybe. Um, there are some people who are doing stuff now. Uh, they're injecting what's called platelet-rich plasma and it, it has been shown to work for some people. Um, there is an amazing thing that the veterinarians are using, mm-hmm. and we're not allowed to use it. I don't know why. 
but it's called stem cell therapy. So I had a horse who developed like degenerative cartilage and was crippled. Yeah. And North Carolina state vet drew out the bone marrow and created stem cells. Yes. And injected them into the hip cartilage area, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Grew new cartilage. And the horse started walking again. So what I don't understand is why they are not doing this with humans. I mean, I don't know. But I will tell you this. Orthopedic Surgical Sports Medicine Clinic at Johns Hopkins. Guess what they have? What? Cartilage Regeneration Clinic. Yeah. They are trying to do this. And they are uh, working on several different uh, ways of doing it. There's MACI, membrane-induced autologous chondrocyte implantation. That's a stem cell. So they're doing what the uh, veterinarians did to my horse Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, 12 years ago. They're starting to do it now. There's also called an osteoarticular transfer system where they're taking healthy cartilage, they're using scrapings and stuff, yeah. and implanting them into the um, poor cartilage knee. So if you want, call these people up. Matthew Best, MD, Shadpur Demheri, MD, Alex Johnson, MD, and you can see if they can help you. This is Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins yeah. Cartilage Regeneration Clinic. Now, there may be others, but listen, everybody should know I went – to Johns Hopkins for medical school and residency. It is um, an amazing place yeah, and a place close to my heart. So the answer is yes, they're going to regenerate your cartilage. And I think they're getting, they're going to have to get away from this scrape business, you know, where if you have a cartilage meniscus that's damaged, they just chomp away. Right. And so look into this stuff. Um, Do you have a computer? Have you done Google searching? I have not. I okay. To you well, first. let me see if I can find this phone number for you. <laughs> um, hold on. Matthew Joseph right. Best. Let's see if I can. Yeah. Can you write this down? Hold on. Well, oh, I yeah. tell you what. I tell you what. If you All can't right, write it, 410-464-6641. And tell them we feel. What am I going to ask about? Yeah. Call, call them up. I mean, you know, and see if they might help you. Cartilage what treatment. What was the acronym? MG something you said? What was that? What's the acronym for the treatment oh, I'll tell that you he's what, I'll tell you what let's do. Just tell them you want to know about cartilage regeneration. There's yeah. several different types. And I'm sure these guys are so good they would know what the best thing for you would be. All right. Thank you, Lenny. Good luck Just to you. Just tell them you want to regenerate some cartilage. Can you help me? Right. All right. Good luck to you. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. Who are we shouting out? Shorty. Shorty. Yeah. yeah. We love her. Lily Langston, Shorty. She is uh, a frequent caller, and she's got all sorts of health issues, and she's given us permission to talk about them. But... She's in the hospital. She's got pneumonia. Oh, my. But she's getting better. And so I want everybody out there uh, pray for Shorty, a.k.a. Lily Langston, to get better and get home. She survived two different cancers. Uh, She's had heart trouble. And uh, she's one of my favorite ladies of all time. Shorty from Selma, 
a.k.a. Yeah. Lily Langston, put her in your prayers. As you well know, we've been trying to get um, corporate sponsors on the radio show. We've not been able to secure the big clients, okay, for the radio show. But what we did, I went some, did some searching. You ever, you ever go to what, like a, uh, like a, a hot dish dinner and somebody has served Jello and it's just not quite the way Mom made it. Like it's too firm, like the, the you know, it wasn't wrapped up or. Or, or it's too soft. What you really want to have is a Jello that you can choose the firmness, and that's where my Jello comes in. Okay, <laughs> my Jello is a is a packet of Jello. You can dial in your own firmness or softness, and that's our sponsor for today's program. Absolutely, my Jello, myjello.com. So, there's a medical gel. We talked about one of them. Yeah. One one was one had to do with the heart. You yeah. covered that. Uh-huh. There's another one that well, has to do others, with. Well, there's two others. Okay. Yeah. One, you know, the disc in your back. It's a squishy thing that's like a cushion. Yeah. The disc can squirt out over time and degenerate yeah. and bulge. Well, they're repairing them now with a gel cartilage type thing. They inject it. And it reestablishes the disc. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And again, the problem they had before was that you couldn't get those healing proteins to stick in one place. Right. Well, here's, I think, the one that really is amazing. And it's a gel that they inject. And they call I don't know why they call them this, dancing molecules. And I guess it's because in the gel, they can go back and forth. And they trigger the cells to repair and regenerate. Right. And they had a bunch of mice that they paralyzed. And they tried all sorts of stuff, and they were still paralyzed. But they gave them this gel, and um, it made them walk again. So this is at Northwestern University. So you know it's got to be true, because Northwestern is one of the best places in the country. So I'm really excited. All these new advances... Once These gels are going to maybe make you walk again. Am I right or wrong that once you've damaged a nerve, that generally speaking, there hasn't been a way to bring it back? Mm-hmm. I mean, once you've damaged a spinal cord? It looks like they may be able to repair it. And okay. I tell you, we're really, really excited about what's going on. When you get depressed, like I do about medicine, and yeah. you get depressed about what happened to the physician-patient relationship. Just remember, there are amazing things coming down the line mm-hmm. uh, that are going to heal us. And I hope there's amazing things coming down the line that are going to make the practice of medicine better and happy and enjoyable again. Okay. We're about done with the radio show. I want everybody to uh, go to either Spotify or Apple Podcasts and sign up for this show. Or you can just go to hearthealthradio.com. Give us like an hour, and then the the show is all uploaded to that. That's hearthealthradio.com. And we'll see you next week on Heart Health Radio.